All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sam.gov Bids Live episode number 27, where we walk through small business solicitations together on Sam and answer your questions along the way so that you can start bidding and winning contracts for your small business. And this is our first episode of the new year since the holiday break. We've been off for two weeks. So welcome back, everybody. I see we've got Peculiar Moss in the chat. We've got Brittany Isbell. We've got Dr. Leticia, one of our bid team members in the chat. Um, welcome to all of you guys. Today, we will be reviewing five small business solicitations that I have pulled up on Sam, and we will be jumping into that in just a second. But if you are new here and you don't want to miss future Sam.gov bids episodes, consider subscribing to the channel and clicking that notification bell. That way you can ask your questions live on future streams. And if you do happen to be somebody who's recently registered your business in SAM and you're looking to get started bidding on the top of the year in 2023, check out my website, govkinmethod.com for free and paid resources that were designed to support new federal contractors just like you guys. So with that being said, we're going to do a quick intro of the uh, bids we're going to be looking at today. I'll just give you a quick peek so that you know what we're in for. We usually go for about an hour, hour 15. The first bid we're going to look at is Kawita Janitorial Services. Second bid is going to be a lodging bid. Number three, administrative and professional services. So it's going to be more of like staffing, professional admin staffing. Number four, we do have a Air National Guard yellow ribbon event. And we're seeing a lot more of those over the last, uh, I'd say last 30 to 60 days. And lastly, we do have IT for digital signage uh, queuing. I think this is more of like SaaS software as a service, um, perhaps, but we will be diving into all of that. And if this is your first live, guys, hello, everybody. Um, let me know in the chat here if this is your first live and also what state are you from? So where are you representing, right, geographically from across the country? And again, if you are brand new here, this is your first live, you caught one, you made it, let me know that as well. And just so you guys know, before we get started with our first bid review today, feel free to bring your uh, any questions that you have, anything that uh, I can kind of like quickly answer on the stream here. Um, I highly encourage that type of thing. Um, and I try to get to everybody as well. And just also, just so you know, um, all these bids that we look at, I don't look at them ever ahead of time. Uh, I look at them raw with you. So we're kind of going through them together for the first time. That way, anything that looks funny out of sorts doesn't make sense. We go through that together. That way you're more equipped because quite honestly, when you go to do this on your own, you're going to be kind of experiencing that too. So I don't want to give you like the polished, refined stuff. And then you go to do it and you're like, this is, this is not what it looks like when I do it. So we, we try to keep it as real as possible. <clears throat> All right, guys. Good morning, everybody. We got a great, uh, we got 30, 30 of you uh, live on the channel right now. Trucking Way, good morning. Jay Storm, happy new year. We've got uh, Dr. Leticia, yes, bid team. What's up? Uh, Gambo Hassan, good morning. Greg Hubbard, let's see. We've got Fritz from Kentucky. Gambo's from Georgia. Awesome, guys. KLM2, uh, Colorado Springs and first live. Awesome. We've got Cicely Trotter from Houston, Texas. First live as well. Love it. Dr. Leticia's hanging out with us in Florida. Awesome guys. Glad to have you here. Let's go ahead and jump into our first bid of the day. Sam.gov bids live. As I said, there's going to be Kawita Janitorial Services, Department of Agriculture. This bid is due January 23rd. <clears throat> with a small business set aside and a 561720 uh, janitorial services NAICS code. Okay, we've got Auto North Carolina for the place of performance. They give us some initial site visit information right off the cusp. And that's looking like that was as of yesterday, actually January 10th. So playing a little bit of catch up on the requirement. Uh, we can see quickly, this is a base plus four. The work is gonna start this March and go through 2027 for the same period, making it a five-year contract, which is uh, pretty sweet. In terms of attachments, we have our solicitation. We have PWS, which is our statement of work. We have, uh, looks like uh, photos, diagrams of the buildings. We have a pricing, yep, an Excel pricing sheet a wage determination, as well as a 
uh, more like a PPQ, it says experience questionnaire. So pretty straightforward documents. We'll go ahead and just dive in with the solicitation itself. And as you guys have questions, feel free to post those in the chat. Um, the way we handle those is we go from bid to, to the chat, back to the next bid, back to the chat. So we kind of bounce back and forth for about an hour or an hour 15. So our solicitation documents, not too long, about 19 pages, kind of quickly just scroll through to see what we're working with here. They are giving us some highlights. And that's just for, looks like the response date, which was the 23rd. We can corroborate that. Yep. <clears throat> They're telling you straight up, they want you to acknowledge any amendments, confirming at least 15% of the labor costs incurred will be expended on direct employees of the prime. If it's not provided, the offer will not be determined uh, compliant. So here's the thing, guys. They're not fully understanding limitations on subcontracting. This is contracting's uh, attempt to, to cover their butts, saying, okay, this professional services contract, if any of you are familiar or following along, like doing legal middleman stuff, and I've got something coming out this month, actually, a legal middleman method that's all about this. So I'm just putting some teasers out there right now, but... Contracting is not fully understanding the requirement. They are saying that 50% uh, of the labor has to go to the prime. That's just not true. It has to go to the prime or a similarly situated entity. So similarly situated entity, um, it depends on what the set aside is. In this case, it's very easy. It's a small business. So you're a small business. And if you're working with a sub that's also considered a small business under the snakes code size standard, then they are considered a similarly situated entity. They can do 100% of the work. So sorry, contracting, you tried, but you did not quite nail the uh, the FAR regulation there. And the other thing with this as well is it does not even count limitations on subcontracting. It doesn't even matter unless it's over the simplified acquisition threshold of 250,000, which it has not been shown either that this requirement is gonna be that large. So again, nice try contracting. Um, it's a bit confusing to bidders. I'm pointing it out because it's just not right. And it's confusing for those of you guys who are new, um, but I will digress for now. Uh, they also want us to complete the pricing exhibit, which that was that Excel sheet that we had here. Yep, right there in our attachments. So that's perfect. Um, complete the experience questionnaire, which is attachment, the first attachment. So that's good. If you do not have past performance information available, Information may be provided for predecessor companies, key personnel, or subcontractors. So contracting actually got that right, okay? Let me repeat that because that's another thing in the FAR that uh, kind of gets overlooked. If the company does not have past performance information available, information may be provided for predecessor companies, key personnel, or subcontractors, that, which is totally fine. We can use subcontractors' past performance. We say that all the time here on the channel. Why? Because it's written into the FAR just like the statement uh, that we covered for the limitations on subcontracting. So they nailed that one. And I'm glad that they're starting to, you know, kind of notify bidders in the space because otherwise it is something that very much precludes a lot of you guys where you're like, it's a chicken and the egg thing. They're saying, I need past performance. I don't have past performance, but I need to win a contract to get it, but I can't win because I need it. Like it's, it's totally crazy. It's not the way that it works. And then also complete reps and certs. Uh, and if you have a cage code registered in SAM, you've already completed those uh, and you're good to go. So this is just, uh, first off, this is a quote. They're calling this a quote, request for a quote. And I don't want you guys getting too caught up in, Derek, is it a proposal? Is it a quote? It doesn't matter. All that really matters to you, it really is what, there we go. What is contracting asking from you? Okay. Because you're going to be doing pricing either way. You know, they're asking for you to, asking for you to fill out the experience questionnaire in this. So that's that's like past performance. It's not the same thing as past performance, but it's very similar. Both things that you would respond to with a request for proposal or request for quote. Really, with the re request for proposal, <laughs> the RFP, it's going to call it RFP for now. Uh, it's going to be more of like a, a technical, more of a lengthy technical response, resumes, management plans, um, really depends on what they're asking you. Um, how are you going to do the work writing specifically to the statement of work? These are differences between RFQs and RFPs. Um, but again, the point is that's not what's important for you to know. What's important for you to know is that you're, you're looking for and responding to contracting based on what they're asking you. 
call it what you want. I, it doesn't really matter. For the evaluation, they're saying whatever will be most advantage, price and other factors considered. They are saying, they are saying best value here. So again, the government will perform a comparative evaluation to select the contractor that is best suited and provides the best value. So this is appearing to be a best value, meaning they're not necessarily going to be going with the lowest price. That's why they're going to be looking at that experience questionnaire piece to help them in assessing the, uh, the best value. And here they're referencing past performance as evaluation factor. So apparently past performance is being evaluated but we didn't really see that they are asking for it. So this, this could be another snuffle. I don't know if that's a word. We'll call it, we'll call it a word snuffle. That could be another snuffle by contracting because they have not asked for past performance. They've, they've asked for you to complete the experience questionnaire. And so I don't know, I'm not, I'm really not ragging on contracting today. It's just first one of the year and I'm feeling fresh. Uh, the, there is different, a difference between experience or filling out an experience questionnaire and a past performance. Okay. So what is experience guys? Does anybody know? Does anybody know in the chat? What is the difference between experience and past performance? I'll give it just a second here. We'll give it just a second and shout outs to, to Curtis Mays from Nashville. Uh, Danielle from Oregon. Awesome. MMIMS music from Georgia. First live. Awesome. All right. Anybody, anybody got the answer? We'll give it like another 10 seconds. What is the difference between experience and past performance and the terms of a, um, you know, solicitation or a proposal response? Anybody? All right. We'll, we'll call it. So I didn't see any answers come up. There may be a bit of a delay. So apologies if uh, I'm not seeing it in time. Experience is work that you've done in the past. Okay. Here's the answer. Experience is work that you've done in the past. Past performance is how well you did on that work. So it's it's more of like a rating. It's more of like a reference type thing. Now they may ask for similar information for both, like the title, the statement of work, the dates performed, the estimated dollar value, you know, the, the dollar range or magnitude. Um, they could ask for either of those for both, but the, the meaning behind it is, is different. So again, guys, they're saying below here, and we'll, we'll keep the pace going because I don't want to get stuck on this particular bid for too long, but this is great learning stuff for all of you guys. Contracting is saying past performance, the following factors shall be used to evaluate offers. Again, how the winning bidder will be chosen. This is best value. So it's not necessarily going to lowest price. They're going to be looking for your past performance, number one, and they're going to be looking at your price number two. And then they're just reinstating the government reserves the right to award to other than the lowest quota, which we often see in best value procurements. And that's all that we see in that section. We don't see any other evaluation factors. They've asked for past performance here, but in the list A through F here, arguably our instruction to offers or the format of our proposal, they've, they've asked for completing the experience questionnaire. So there, there is a difference guys and I'm not encouraging you to be sticklers. I am encouraging you to, to be thorough for your own understanding. However, at the end of the day, we are here to bid and we are here to learn and we are here to try to win the contract and write winning responses and put together competitive offers. So at the end of the day, it doesn't change our approach of giving contracting what they've asked for. So contracting has asked for the the experience questionnaire to be filled out. We're going to fill that out. And then we're going to know that that's, that's essentially what they are referring to as past performance, unless you want to ask the question and say, Hey, are you asking for the experience questionnaire plus past performance information to be provided? And if you were to say, Hey, Derek, I'm considering providing both. Then I would say you're not necessarily wrong because it is what they've written there. And I would encourage you to ask the question. Otherwise, if we're going to kind of operate in the lane of giving them what they've asked for, they've asked for the experience questionnaire. Hopefully that makes sense. Reps and certs, they're highlighting the covered telecom piece that we so often see these days. And we're just kind of quickly scrolling through FAR regulations at this point. 
giving us the POC and highlights here. And that's about it. So we did spend a good amount of time on that. There's there's drawings, there's statement of work. Um, I guess uh, wage termination. I guess we'll just we'll just look at the pricing sheet for like 15 seconds, and then we'll look at the experience questionnaire for 15 seconds. Then we'll jump back over to the chat, get caught up there, and move on to our second bid. That's what we'll do. So remember, this is a base plus four. They're giving us straight up just how much is it per month and then for 12 months to, for example, clean and disinfect, uh, what is this? Waste containers, replenish paper products, vacuum, sweep them up. Okay, so monthly. Then they're saying uh, four jobs. So this is going to be quarterly to clean the window panes. This is a quarterly type service. Clean the baseboards. And then semi-annually, meaning two times a week, right? Clean, strip, and wax, buff the floors. Dry, clean, shampoo, all the rugs. Okay, that's semi-annually. And then annually, they're saying one job, clean all interior windows. So the inside of the windows. Okay, then you're going to add all that up. That's going to be your base year. And it's just going to be a repeat for option years one, two, three, and four. So pretty straightforward pricing sheet. Look at the questionnaire and then we'll we'll move on. Experience questionnaire. So you fill this out. And there's certain questions. And again, it is experience. So it's it's literally talking about the work. It's not how you did on the work. Um, that seems to be reflected properly in this form. Because they're not asking for like exceptional, like different rating systems. It's like literally give us minimum number of employees, organization information available for this project, individuals on the project. So it's it's literally just like the nitty gritty of the job itself which is reflective of experience. Whew. All right, we made it. Awesome, guys. And it is so good to be back. Uh, Jacoby says, yeah, I'm working on one now and I am new here. Awesome. Welcome, Jacoby. And hopefully, uh, if you're referring to that uh, that explanation of experience versus past performance, hopefully that helps you. Feel free to ask for clarification if you need it. Mo Better TV experiences work that I've done in the past. Past performance is how well I did with that work. 100% Mo Better TV nailed it. That is exactly right. Rose, what is going on? Another one of our bid team members from California. Rose with Above All Consulting Inc. Yes, Rose. Um, hope you're doing well. Always nice to hear from you. Mo, good morning, YouTube fam. Sydney from Exquisite Procurement Solutions. Awesome. And I like the name as well. Hey, Benel, what's going on? Good to see you again. It's been a minute. Uh, Benel Services, Janitorial Services, Upstate New York as well. Awesome, guys. And if I miss any questions, let me see here. Uh, Brittany says, for the beginners like me, I'd like to see you do a few solicitations for procurement of goods that require technical proposals. Brittany, um, you shouldn't really be coming up against that a whole lot. Uh, goods, procurements of physical items that require technical proposals. Because the technical proposal is really designed to um, explain how you are going to do the work, which is why we primarily see those with more like service contracts for the delivery of, of goods or procurement of products. The technical piece primarily that we will see asked is, for example, what's called salient features, which is asking for the specifications to ensure that you're proposing the product that is, say, name brand or equal to what the government is asking for. So it's like the specs, oftentimes it's just like manufacturer, menu, the manufacturer's literature. Um, sometimes we also see that. Uh, they could ask for logistics uh, as well, right up in terms of your technical approach for um, products or procurement. Basically just what is the logistics of delivery going to look like? Since it is a, a product that you're not gonna be manufacturing, you're essentially gonna be drop shipping it from wherever you get it from. So lead times, things like that would be considered in that. But aside from that, in terms of a full-blown technical proposal, unless you're getting into something that's like truly manufacturing based, where you're looking at like first articles and inspection and testing, um, which you're not based on your, your statement, um, it's not going to really be that involved. And, and that's why we don't see a whole lot of it there, because there's just not that much to focus on. And there's not that much much to learn, I suppose. Awesome, guys. Let's go ahead. Hopefully that answers that. Uh, we'll go ahead and bounce on now to our second bid. And great questions, guys. Keep the questions coming. I'll just clear up my tabs here. And we'll go ahead and dive into bid number two, which is for lodging. So this is USPFO, Department of the Army. 
due January 20th, small business set aside. They got the hotel next code on this, and this is going to be Millbank, uh, South Dakota. Yes. So South Dakota National Guard has a primary requirement for commercial lodging, and that's during their drill weekend. So this is expected to be for one weekend per month ongoing. Uh, however, the status may fall on any day of the month for selected individuals. Generally, the requirement for the lodging exists over the course of one weekend each month, as they've said. And the number of rooms is estimated at 250 rooms per year. Contractors shall provide lodging. Uh, as we know, the tentative period performance will be one February. Okay, so next month through next January 2024. Oh, my God. Next year is next January is going to be 2024. And will include two option periods, so 25 and 26. This is a small business set aside. Questions may be sent to Andrew J. Kennedy, 16. Okay. We only have one document here, guys. Very straightforward. And what's going on? 39 people watching us live. And we are streaming in three different places, by the way. We've got YouTube, what's going on. We've got LinkedIn, what's going on. We also have our very special bid team in our uh, community Facebook group uh, tuning in as well. So what's going on, everybody? We'll go ahead and take a look at our solicitation since it is the only uh, thing we have going on here. And yeah, Brittany, uh, number one rule of, of writing responses is we don't ever want to assume that we need to do something. Instead, it's Easter egg hunt. So we have to uh, look for what we need to respond to and just give contracting that. We don't ever want to assume we're, we're doing technical approaches for things or technical responses for things if they're not asking for them. Uh, so we're hit with our SF-1449 form here. Remember, what, we're, what are we looking at? We're looking at lodging. Straight into the statement of work here. It's going to go February through the end of January, plus two more years, so 2026, as we already mentioned. And they may do a six-month extension here, they're, they're stating. Um, when it comes to lodging, it's probably going to be just rooms as opposed to say like a yellow ribbon, which we do have one of those we're going to look at today on today's episode as well. Whereas a yellow ribbon could be for extended conference rooms, um, audiovisual equipment and like food, meals. Uh, this could just be for straight up rooms, which just makes it that much more simple to, to be honest. But I'm just keeping an eye out for that as I quickly scroll through this to see if I'm seeing any of those other requirements or if it's just going to be rooms. I'm not seeing anything so far. And again, they said 250 rooms per year. And they're just giving us basic requirements here. Uh, sleeping room, bathroom, like literally breaking down the, the bare minimums of what you would find a hotel room to have. Heating and cooling, environmental and safety and the ability to have reservations. So should not have any issue. They're really opening it up. Uh, another thing I'm looking for, guys, is is there some sort of radius? Uh, what is our address? You know, we know it's Millbank, South Dakota. Does it got to be like 50, 50 miles from a particular address? That is something that is usually pretty important and significant when choosing a lodging uh, station for these type of contracts. Haven't seen it yet, so I do have my eye out for that. Here they are breaking this down. You will have to fi uh, fill this out. And what they're doing here is uh, breaking it out by date range, which is per year. And then they want to see the different hotels and then the rates per night, it appears. And then straight into pricing cleans. And this is going to be based on yep, just one year. And then option year one, two, and two. That's all we had. So extremely straightforward, some reps and certs here. And remember, all we have is this one uh, one document. Evaluation, okay, this is important to read, so we're going to spend a quick minute here. Houston in the house, let's go. We've got Hawandra Hawthorne, what's going on? So the government will award a contract resulting from this solicitation to the responsible offer uh, who is most advantageous, price and other factors considered. And those factors will be pricing, technical acceptability, meaning do you have those rooms and those minimum things we just touched on? And then they're saying past performance. 
which is again interesting because we didn't see them asked for it, but they are rating based on it. So we would want to give them that in this uh, response. And again, we can use subcontractors past performance if you don't have any, at which point in time uh, we could be referencing whatever hotel or motel we are we are using here. It says should be in the Millbank, South Dakota area. Should be equal to or lower than what is charged to a typical customer in this area. Very vague terms. Or below the federal government's local per diem lodging rate. That's a lot more specific. So we would look at that. But odds are um, the hotels, just by pure competition, they're going to kind of already be set to that more than likely. Contractors shall indicate pricing per room, per night, uh, for double room occupancies, yada, yada, yada. You guys kind of get the idea with that piece, I think. This past performance piece, though, is what's most interesting to me. The past performance evaluation will assess the relative risks associated. <clears throat> past performance must have occurred within the last three years. Offers shall provide a point of contact for the past performance. Right. So arguably, we're, we're using the, the hotel accommodation um, along with, you know, say the sales manager, for example, for the reference on that. And then the pricing, which again, that they would be providing to you. I do not anticipate, I, I don't know. I don't know what this would cost. Like, I, I don't know. It does, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say anything. I don't know if this would be above or below simplified acquisition threshold for 250 rooms per year times three years. It's not, what's the, my missing is zero. Like what's the quick math on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely under, I was kind of extending a zero. So it's definitely going to be under, it's definitely going to be within simplified acquisition threshold. And again, that's base plus all option years, not just on the first year when it comes to that 250K guys, it's base plus all option years. And yeah, that's really all we have to work with. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Not a bad contract by any means. And what's going on guys? We've got 48 live viewers hanging out with us today. Welcome everybody. It's probably a good time to say if you are not subscribed to the channel, uh, consider subscribing so you don't miss these future live because I know so many people want to catch them, but they miss them. So that's why I want to click the notification bell. But in addition to that, at this point at the show, we're about halfway through. If you're liking this, if you're getting value from this, please smash the like button on the video. Certainly helps with the algorithm to show uh, so that it gets this training in front of other people that are, are seeking and searching for this sort of thing. So hit the like button, please. And, uh, Definitely ask your questions as you have them, and I'll, I'll try to keep answering those as well. Brady says, oh, okay, thank you for that clarification. 100%. Hopefully it helped. We've got Denzel Mondi, Pro Finish Plus LLC here in Tyler. These walkthroughs are so helpful. Awesome. Love, love to hear. Denzel, are you are you in bid team? You got to let me know. We have another Denzel in bid team. I just don't want to miss you if you are, because I definitely know the, the last name as well. Houston in the house. Yep. Experience and evaluation. And we also have uh, Mr. Handpiece Repair out of Pensacola. Not too far from me, actually. Awesome, guys. All right. So this next bid that we have is actually pretty interesting. Administrative and professional services. So staffing for coastal fellowship programs. This is Denzel says not yet. Okay, it must be another Denzel that we have in the program. Um, a lot of similar last names, crazy enough, um, but considering this seriously. 100%, man. Yeah, feel free to reach out to support at GovKid Method if you have any any like questions. Um, we don't like that decision to be something that you just like, try to make on your own because there's you know a lot of, uh, a lot of information, and, and this way you can talk to a real person. One of my team members will be able to kind of explain everything with you. If you are, or if you're saying you're seriously considering it, I highly recommend just kind of booking the call and learning more. That way you kind of know one way or the other. So again, this is for Noah. This is due January 23rd. And again, this is looking like professional and admin staffing contracts. So any staffing companies out there, uh, heads up to you. This is small business set aside. My feel is that this is going to be somewhat large, but I have not looked at this ahead of time. 
This is going to be out of North Charleston, South Carolina. When I say large, it's not really large, but my gut just tells me 10 to 20 people staffed, but I could be totally wrong. I have not looked at this. So Noah has a need for administrative, just zoom in a little bit, admin and professional support services for the fellowship programs. Please see the attached statement of work. We will. This is going to be for base plus five years, so actually six years ordering period through 2028. And it's going to kick off uh, not until this August. So we don't know when the, I'm, I'm very much guessing there's an existing contract on this. If they're not awarding this, not, not awarding. I mean, if, if the work doesn't commence for this until August 1st, it sounds like contracting is giving themselves some time to evaluate offers. And uh, the actual existing contract, which I'm assuming, I haven't seen that yet, but I'm assuming there's an incumbent and that's probably going to be going through the summer as well, or maybe through June plus an extension. That's going to allow them to start work on this new contract later this year in August. They are saying different locations across the U.S. and in the Pacific and Caribbean islands. Okay, so we're thinking multiple locations. So now we know, again, this is definitely, definitely going to have to be um, a number of people staffed on this more than just, you know, one or two for sure. Notice the quotas. Okay, I think we're about good with that. Uh, in terms of documents, we have what appears to be the solicitation doc. We have the statement of work, past performance information form, past performance questionnaire, okay? We have a wage determination, a pricing schedule, and fellowship terms. Now, since this is staffing, I'm what I really wanna see is the pricing schedule first, because when it comes to staffing contracts, the way the pricing is laid out is usually very helpful in trying to determine the size of this thing. May not be, but we'll, we'll see. Let me go ahead and zoom in a little bit here. Looks like these columns on the left are gonna be helpful. Um, estimated FTEs, guys, what does FTE stand for? Full-time uh, full equivalent. So, you know, 19, 20 hours is typically what it, the, the hours were back in the day, adjusted for the new holidays. That number's a little bit different now. So uh, 19, 20 hours approximately for one person for one year. So they're saying 1 p.m. So we got one. Professional development trainer, one. So that's two. Then they're saying travel and ODC. Okay. So it's travel for both of those positions as well. So that's also, we're still at two. And then fellows, six. So it's two plus six. So we're at eight. And then the travel for the fellows as well. So this is a bit lower than what I thought, but still not bad. Eight looks like eight FTEs plus the travel for those. And then we're just filling out the rates here. So this is not a crazy breakdown. They're not asking to see your GNA, your overhead, your uh, your employer taxes, contribution, all that sort of good staffing formula stuff. They're not asking to see that level of breakdown. They're literally just looking for the total uh, total bill rate. Okay. So actually pretty, pretty straightforward. Alicia says, oh, I like this, Derek. Alicia, another bid team member. Awesome. What's going on, Alicia? Yeah, it, it's a very solid one. It's it's, it's definitely working out to be pretty solid. Um, we've only looked at the pricing so far. But yeah, that's why I'm tying everybody in. Because if anybody who's actually bidding, especially our bid team members, guys, um, use these. You want to go after any of them. Like We're literally serving those up on these episodes. So I figure why not? I do want to look at the solicitation next though. Solicitation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wah, wah. Solicitation is only two pages, actually one and a half. So not a whole lot to be gained here. We have uh, it's a request for quotes. We know it's multiple locations. Didn't see like the addresses for all those locations, but they did say US, Pacific and Caribbean. Yeah, kind of basically, this is what seems to be a copy and pasted into the Sam of listing description that we've already read. So let's go ahead and check out the statement of work as well. 
Okay, a lot of the same information. Again, we're just, you know, remember it was like for the two fellows and the PM as well as the professional development person, I believe, for the fellowship program. I don't even know much about this, this fellowship program. Can we just take a second here? Because I know we go through these with lightning speed, but it's just something I am a little bit interested in. And, and they are giving us the background. Guiding the conservation and wise management of the nation's coastal resources is a primary function of NOAA. This is accomplished through a variety of mechanisms, including collaboration with other federal agencies. Uh, NOAA brings federal, regional, state, local, and international private and non-governmental entities together to basically uh, direct this knowledge and uh, apply resources. Current programmatic directions reflect the office's primary interest. Okay, this is a little, little thick here. Let's scroll down. So since 96, the office has coordinated the NOAA Fellowship Program. Okay. The program provides professional on-the-job education and training for post-grad U.S. citizens into coastal resource management and policy and provides specific technical assistance for these other areas. Uh, okay. So again, it's on-the-job training for graduate, post-grad students. So post-grad, meaning, you know, you got your bachelor's degree or whatever, and you're going for your master's, going for your PhD. So post-grad school, this is going to allow them to start getting that hands-on training instead of being behind the books all day long. So that's what the, the fellowship program is for. It says the office coordinates and leads four fellowship programs, two of which are covered. Interesting. So we're going to be providing say like the fellows we're going to be providing the six fellows along with the oversight to enforce the fellowship program and, and allow students to kind of get the hands-on training and learning and probably to also like guide them through everything that they need to do in their jobs we're going to be providing that through noaa and who those students are going to be that's not going to be like anything that we have to to mess with or or to manage is a better word it's almost like providing nurses who are going to be working on you know uh, like say like the delivery in a delivery uh, clinic well you don't have to worry about bringing in the patients they're already there um, we're not going to have to be worried about bringing in the, the students i know it's kind of a funny uh, analogy but that's what i'm known for but instead we're going to be providing again the fellows this appears to read to allow this fellowship program to continue to be successful. So just getting a bit of more comprehensive understanding of what the work is. A lot of the things we look at guys, like for example, hotel slash yellow ribbon or janitorial, et cetera, is it's extremely intuitive what the work is, but with these staffing ones, it, it is really important to understand because you're going to be staffing, recruiting, finding, onboarding talent to provide this. So, you, so you, it's important that you truly understand the requirement and, and what is the mission that the requirement is supporting. So they are giving us personnel qualifications. For example, <clears throat> they are breaking it down by the program manager, minimum of 10 years experience, for example, the development trainer, another uh, 10 years or five years uh, or, or, or master's plus five years rather. Didn't see anything for the fellows though. Interestingly enough, that may be a question, unless there's something that I've misunderstood. It definitely read, definitely reads that we need to provide those six fellows as well. So I'm wondering why they're not providing the, uh, the requirements for the fellows, unless the fellows are the students, but that doesn't really check out. Cause like I said, if you were in like nursing, you wouldn't be providing patients. So I don't know why you would be providing uh, students here. So perhaps a question or RFI to submit to contracting on that. Again, we go through this super fast. So it is entirely possible that I missed something, but in all honesty, I don't think that I have. So we checked out the uh, pricing schedule. We'll just look at this fellowship terms and conditions, and then we'll we'll come back to the chat and we'll move on to our next bid for the interest of time. What is this? This looks like another, did I just go through this? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm just getting ahead of myself. 
So this is the actual solicitation doc. So that might be more helpful. It's giving us a one each, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Contractors shall provide administrative and professional services. One each. That's that's not going to really cut it. They're, they're saying period performance, August 1st through through the end of July of 2028. And they're saying one each. That's just, that's not going to fly with me. I mean, we need to break it down. Uh, at, at a minimum, this needs to be broken down in accordance with the, the pricing worksheet that we, do we still have that? Yes, I closed it. The pricing worksheet that we looked at, um, that's this. We need at least one each per position and then a separate pricing clinic for the travel for those. At a minimum, that's what we need. So I'm not sure what they're getting at with this, this one each thing here. Uh, good luck um, contracting if that's really what you mean. I would definitely be submitting RFIs on this at this point. Uh, for example, Alicia, I know that you were saying this looks like a good one. So that's definitely sticking out to me as a, I can't move forward until I have clarification on that piece. So, and I am curious as a second question, if you're actually submitting, um, why is there not requirements for the fellows like there are requirements for the other two positions? So that would be my question number two on this because they're you know looking for 10 years experience or a master's degree plus five years experience, for example, they listed. Okay, last thing here, we're gonna glance at the actual uh, appears we've found the instruction to offers. So what does contracting want? Here we go. I'm gonna zoom in even more so that you guys can definitely, definitely see this instruction to offers, right? So we don't go searching. And again, um, back to, I believe it was Brittany, um, talking about the technical piece to a products or procure procurement bid. We, we don't assume that we need to give one. Instead, we never assume. Instead, we read and we find and we give them what they've asked for. And that's what the instruction to offer does. Uh, for those of you who don't write proposals, you're not professional writers, guess what? Nobody is, or almost nobody, I should say. So what we really do is we respond to what they've given us. You don't have to be a professional writer. Okay. You don't even have to be a good writer. Instead, you kind of just, it's like answering questions, but just a bit more involved because you just might have to write to certain sections a bit more. But in order to do that, you need to know what the heck you're even doing. And that's what we find from this section. So they are breaking this down into volumes. We see volumes one, two, three, and four. So four volumes. <clears throat> Proposal categories, technical or price. We'll see what they mean by that. Um, but this is kind of the information that they're wanting clearly marked. But then we go down into the volume breakdown. So volume one, they want a technical approach and they want past performance. We wouldn't give that to them if they didn't ask for it. So we're going to have one document or at least one section of a document, depending if they're breaking them out or not with volume one. And then you're going to put factor one, factor two, factor one, you're going to put technical approach factor two. Uh, you're going to put past performance. For those of you who are in our bid team, we already have templates. We have proposal builder docs and sorts of resources for you to plug and chug those things in. Then you just have to tailor those and fill those out. Um, but for those of you who, who are not, um, just, just knowing that's what you need to do for your technical approach and past performance. Now, again, uh, we can make assumptions about what they want for past performance. And I, I said it earlier, like the project title, the dates it was performed, a brief statement of work, a few sentences or a few paragraphs, and also the estimated dollar range. Those are kind of the high level things that you always give for past performance. You can count on that. But for technical approach, um, they usually will tell us more specifically what they want to know. So we need to try and find that. They're probably going to give us evaluation factors after this instruction to offer a section. Okay, this is also known as section L. So the evaluation section is section M. That's why it always comes after. Um, if you don't know, sections L and M, instruction to offers, evaluation factors. They usually flow together in a solicitation like this. Um, and that will hopefully give us more specifically what they want. And again, um, I know it may sound complicated, but I promise you that it's, it's really not too bad. But that's volume one. Volume two, price. And we already have that pricing breakdown sheet. We did have that one each, one pricing clin on the SF1449 form that threw me. So we do have an RFI noted on the side to ask about 
that, I guess. <laughs> Not I guess, but it, it was just a little odd. Okay, they're not really telling us much here for this. Quoters are strongly encouraged to confirm their quote was received prior. Guys, anytime you respond to a bid, um, always confirm receipt because they don't always get it. So what? So what's going on here? Because we, we went through volume one, volume two. So now I'm trying to see, are we still in volume two? Because now they're saying volume one, non-price factors. Volume page limitations are established. So that's there for now. Volume two, price proposal. Okay, price quote. Okay, my, my, my worst fear may be coming true, guys. They may just be leaving us hanging on volumes three and four. Non-price submission is going to be technical or past performance. Yes. Yeah, so we are in the evaluation section, that section M. We're just there. Contracting did not break that out, it appears. They did not take <laughs> take a break. Uh, what is this? Okay. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Volume two, factor three. So there's a factor three. Yeah. Evaluation criteria. So they're, they're all over the place. This is like super, super messy, super messy contracting. This is the third strike of the day. I'm sorry. You're out. Yeah. And then they're going to the so they, they messed that up. Um, any of you guys watching, following along, if you're actually looking at my screen, I know I'm scrolling fast, but if you're even listening to my words, did you, did you catch uh, kind of what I've alluded to here? So we teed this up originally with, with essentially the outline that they gave us. Like, okay, this is what we want. And then when they do a control find, there we go. And then after they teed us up with the outline and said, hey, this is what we want, then when they broke down more thoroughly what they wanted, they left out half of what they said they wanted. If things don't make sense to you, here's my point. I know you guys are all, all different varying levels of, of skill with this, but here's, here's a takeaway. And then I'll, I'm going to, I'm finding it right now, what I'm talking about so I can show it to you. Did I just skip past it again? Um, oh, here it is. It was the wrong instruction. The takeaway for this is, if something does not make sense to you, if something appears amiss, if something isn't adding up, there's a strong likelihood that there's something wrong. Today, we found three mistakes that contracting has made in terms of solicitation uh, proposal requirements. Three mistakes. Like, that's a lot, considering we've looked at, well, we have five bids, and I think this is bid number three. So we're kind of like three for three. Uh, even though I think one of them, we had two mistakes. So if something doesn't make sense to you, it could be out of line, which is why we have to ask questions. Contracting is not perfect. I'm not trying to pick on them, but they do use a lot of boilerplate templates, copy and paste from old solicitations, and they put it in without realizing it. So here's what I'm talking about. Okay. They're saying volume one, two, three, and four. So they're telling us they want four volumes, but then they only give us two volumes here. That's what I'm talking about. Now they do have factors three, maybe I didn't see a factor four. So that's a whole nother. Oh yeah. Cause the, like, see like the factors are different. They're, they're different than the volumes. There is no factor four cause there's not supposed to be, but there is the factor three, not to be confused with the volume three. My point really is not complicated. I may be making it sound and I apologize, but they're literally said they want four volumes and they've only broken down two. So that's the point. They did break down the factors and then they've added some sub factors in, but uh, yeah, so we're going to leave that one as it is. And again, Alicia, if you're looking at it, please make notes on that and we can talk about it um, on Friday or our next coaching call. If you're wanting to, if you want to kill it, if you want to make a no bid, um, that's totally cool too. All right, let me come back to the chat. We got a couple of things to get caught up on here. Uh, forever yours. Again, guys, if I ever miss anything, just let me know. William, uh, Global Housing uh, Procurement, Flint, Michigan. Awesome. My Close to my old stomping grounds, uh, Port Huron, Michigan area. Um, Denz, uh, Denzel was asking, should we find out who the incumbent is in our research to help submit our bid? Yeah, always ask the question to contracting. If there is a, a existing um, contract award number, because then you can use that award number 
And also note the award number, guys, is different than the solicitation number. So when it's awarded, the number changes. So if you're ever trying to search, you know, like an FPDS.gov, for example, if you're ever trying to search there, it's not pulling up. If you're using the old solicitation number, it will never pull up. You need to use the award number. So you can ask contracting for that. You could try to find it. Um, you could also try to like find out like who is the incumbent. If there is one, if you get the name, you could also search FPDS through that uh, company's name and go through their old contracts, try and match it up to say the, the, the time period and the agency to try and back into it that way as well. So there's a number of different things. And I do recommend making that a part of your normal practice. Um, Mr. Handpiece Repair, if contracting makes an error on the solicitation, should we correct them? So, yeah, like if there's a, here's how we, we approach this because we always want to remain humble. And I, and I know like I'm not necessarily sounding humble when I'm talking about contracting. And it's only because it gets me a little upset because I, it makes it harder for you guys to learn. But with that being said, when we, when we interface and communicate with contracting, we always want to remain humble and we always want to come from a standpoint of, of like, did we miss something? So give them the space because we very well, we could have missed something. You know what I'm saying? I read, read through these super fast. You definitely need to go through it more thoroughly. So I could have missed something, although I don't think I have. Always leave the space for contracting to say, you know, please refer to page 42. Or this was answered. It was already asked. Yes, we did miss this. And it was already answered in a previous you know, uh, RFI or question that was submitted. Okay. So we always want to leave the space. We want to remain humble, uh, but we just want to present the facts. So if there's a mismatch, say, you know, always cite the pages, page 42 says this, that seems conflicting to what's, you know, cited in page 64, things like that always refer to like our, our page numbers and, and reference the, the, like the verbiage that contracting has used so that they know exactly what you're saying so that they can best help you uh, with answering your questions. So that is the approach we want it would take to asking these. We, we don't want to um, correct them per se, but say this appears like it should be this. Um, can contracting please confirm? And then that gives them the space to be like, oh, you know what? We fixed it. We changed it. We issued amendments. Um, you know, this has been removed from the solicitation. Uh, and that's their way of saying, basically, thanks, we've fixed that if it's something that needs fixing. Uh, for example, a solicitation to repair cars was obviously once a solicitation to repair elevators, right? Another another classic example, because it mentions elevators nine times. So yeah, remain humble. Don't like rip their throats out, especially in a situation like that where you act, you totally could if it's referencing elevator repair nine times and it's for uh, uh, vehicle repair. Obviously, you were right. Same approach. Contracting, did I miss something? This is appearing to be elevator repairs. Um, please, you know, please elaborate. You know, creating that space. Jonathan Brown, uh, here from Metro DC area. Awesome, welcome. In early stages of forming partnership, love it. Uh, looking to use simplified acquisition method for sure to build past performance via Unison for sure. Thank you for your content. It's greatly appreciated. 100%. Jonathan, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, good luck on your launch here in uh, 2023. That's very exciting. Um, Jacoby, uh, send me a link to get on the team as well because I like doing the bids, but sometimes they are written very difficult. Um, I would just say I will post it in the chat. Just check out govkinmethod.com. We have all those resources uh, on the site. Um, and you'll be able to find like our, our bid team, our bid team page on there. Yeah, guys, um, anybody who's interested in, in bid team, uh, again, just go to method.com. Um, and, and again, any questions, I'll drop the support line as well. Uh, you'll, this goes directly to my team member who handles all, um, all bid team applicants and everything. So this is hundred percent the person. Uh, and again, to reach them, it's support at govkidmethod.com. Definitely, guys. So we'll keep going. I think we've got time to do one more. Uh, but if this is your first live uh, hanging out and you just joined us, welcome and uh, smash the like button on this video if you have not. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel and you like this and, and you know that you're going to want to ask future questions, um, definitely subscribe. That way you get notified when we're going live because a lot of people tend to miss it. Um, and then also hit that notification bell. That way you kind of like get the email saying, hey, we're going live. 
uh, that way you don't miss anything. So cool guys. Um, actually, let me, let me close that out. We'll go ahead and like I said, I think we have time for one more and that's going to look like our Air National Guard Yellow Ribbon event. 52 people joining us live. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's focus. Yellow Guard, February 2023. So there's events coming up. Did I say Yellow Guard? Oh my gosh. Air National Guard, Yellow Ribbon, Department of the Army. This is due pretty close actually january 13th two days not a lot of time this may be more of an example than something practical unless you can pull out a squeaker over the next uh 24 hours essentially in terms of attachments and more attachments than we would expect but we do have a statement of work we have uh we have rates for the different locations interesting looks like two different and also two different uh, per diem rates one wage termination looks like maybe answers to questions because it's saying combo with comments. So also solicitation. Oh, here's the Q&A. And then here's the amendment. So I want to start here with the combo with the comments. It looks like it's the most, the most updated. Yeah, they've got their lovely comments on the side, which I... I despise, to be honest. Okay, so this is yellow ribbon. So as opposed to the lodging one that we looked at earlier, which was straight rooms, remember it was 250 rooms. Uh, an explanation that I gave on that one, and perhaps what we could expect is in addition to rooms, we could expect, I mean, kind of just giving it away right here with this table, taking, my, uh, taking the mic straight from me here. They're looking for food. So breakfast, lunch buffet, kids lunch buffet. They're also looking for breakout session rooms. So those additional rooms, counseling rooms, childcare rooms. And we had a question like a while back, um, a couple of weeks ago, like if you can, you know, cause it was for like childcare. So almost like, uh, like, like babysitting type, like a warm body to watch the kids in the childcare rooms. And the question was, um, do we have to provide everything or can we just provide certain things? And the answer is you, you cannot kind of pick and choose. You have to provide everything that the government's asking for. Otherwise, you would be non-compliant with your, with your bid. Just as a side note. They are referencing parking, transportation, shuttle services for the hotel as well. We did not see any uh, audio uh, video requirement, any AV stuff. So it's, it will be the rooms plus the food plus the additional breakout rooms. They're saying instruction to offers. If you have any questions regarding the quote, Clifford Berry is your person. Must be registered in SAM. Must fill out this company information. Very, very easy. Some reps and certs. Is this all we have? I know we have a lot of documents though. So, okay. Yeah, evaluation. Okay, so the same price and past performance is how the winning bidder will be chosen on this. It will be evaluated inclusive of all the pricing clins for pricing that is fair and reasonable. They are going to give you a risk score of red or yellow um, to be considered uh, unacceptable if after reviewing this information, they find that you're a risk, you're going to not, you're not going to be in the running, essentially. You'll be considered unacceptable. Anything else for us to focus on? All right. Yep. Okay. So not too much else there. I'm. You guys always, you always want to check out the uh, Q and A. It, it is a gold mine. We do have one, one amendment as well. But this Q and A, I was answering this um, on our bid team. Uh, on Monday's call, but like, what are some ways to gauge the competition? One great way to gauge uh, the number of competition and the quality of your competition is if there is a Q and A. So how many questions are submitted? It's obviously not gonna be a direct or proportion, proportional unit of measure. Say if there's 20 questions, arguably one company could ask 20 questions, but it's a lot more likely that those questions are spread out maybe over four or five or six companies. So that's one way to gauge, but then you can also read the questions to see, 
you know, because some of these questions are they're a little bogus and you can tell that the contractor is very, very uh, new or maybe they have a wrong understanding of the requirement and you can kind of set yourself apart from them. If you're gauging that from the questions that are being asked, it, they don't show who's asked what questions. It is anonymous, but it is like a really great gold mine of information if you if you use it properly. So we can see for this, there's only two questions. Not necessarily saying there's only like one bidder on this, but there just may not be any questions because it's such a straightforward requirement. But the question number one was for your lodging, we have a total of 50 rooms with uh, 48 available that weekend. We also have a total of 42 vacation homes, wow, on property with 30 available that weekend, many with five bedrooms. That will give us enough for your group if you have double occupancy in the hotel and share the houses. Is that something you would be interested in? We already know. <laughs> So they're doing a very hodgepodge duct tape approach to try and make this happen. No, lodging accommodation shall be single family dwellings. Shared living spaces cannot accommodate the number of individual households attending this event. Interesting, single family dwellings also just kind of sounds like we're not even considering hotels. Single family dwellings, which really blows my mind as well because then they're looking for the shared like unified space for the meals and those those additional rooms. Um, my mind was kind of just blown with this statement, single family dwellings. That's fine, but you're going to have people scattered. And what are you going to be doing? Like Ubering, not Ubering, but um, Airbnb, like 50 different dwellings. That, that's not realistic. So could be missing something here. Number two, could you please provide the specific dates needed for the Yellow Ribbon support staff? 21 February through 26 February, and then additional staff through the 27th. Okay. So kind of that one point is kind of really, really interesting. Uh, single family dwelling. I'm really stuck on that. I would need more information on that. We'll just look at the statement of work to see if we do have any sort of elaboration. And then we will kind of wrap this one up. So say they're saying meeting rooms consist of general session room, breakout session room, childcare rooms. These are all going to be at the same location. So if you're, you're saying single family dwellings, you know, how are you going to do that? Contractors shall provide sleeping rooms for attendees. Estimated attendees will need lodging for a total of two nights. 150 sleeping rooms Friday night, 150 sleeping rooms Saturday night. But they just said 50 in the Q&A. So we're obviously missing uh something here or no the the question was the question said 50 but the answer did not so we cannot bank on what somebody else asks with the q a's you don't read into their questions for for truth you have to read into the answers so here they're saying 150 unless i saw 50 somewhere else which i don't don't think we did so this is it, it just sounds like it has to be it's going to have to be a hotel motel type thing. And maybe that's what they're calling single family dwelling. Feel free to ask the question on that because also like the food is going to be even more like, how are you going to break that up? So it's probably just me reading into single family dwelling incorrectly, but it may not be the best verbiage for contracting to use to describe a hotel room. So yeah, interesting, interesting stuff today with, with the uh, with the verbiage and with uh, contracting, um, the way they've explained things in the solicitation. And again, we go through these raw, real, all for the first time with you guys, so that you could expose to all this stuff. Because it's one thing to learn how to you know learn the steps or the theory of bidding, but we try to go beyond the theory and dive into these raw and real with you, uh, so that you you kind of get the real deal. Because that's what's going to allow you to move past your, your, your stopping blocks. And those are the type of questions that I, I encourage you to type uh, to, to, to bring onto these live sessions so that if you are stuck with something, hopefully we can get you unstuck, unblocked, and you can continue making progress towards bidding and winning for your small business. Um, MMIMS music. I'm new to GovCon. I've been in the space for three months. Nice. I'm in the last stages of getting my cage code solid. Thanks for all the great information. You make it easy to understand. Hey, I appreciate that so much. And I'm excited for you. 
MMIMS music to begin your journey. And there's so many that are, you know, kicking off their journey in uh, 2023. It's so awesome. And, and it really is my goal, guys, to bring more small businesses into the GovCon space. It increases competition. It's good for the economy. It, it, it's good for contracting. It's good for everybody around. We try to break down those barriers, whether it's technical or if it's just fear and intimidation or, or um, confidence or peace of mind. We try to attack both of those things to get you to the point to where you, you really can do this. And that's kind of where my heart's at and my mission is to, uh, it's really for small businesses. You know, everything we do is for small businesses and we only focus on Sam. So it's it's either a fit for you or, or it's not. It's really black and white. There's, there's no guesswork really involved. So um, this was a really great session, guys. And thank you all for hanging out with us. We hit 50 some live streamers across YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. There is so much more to learn about bidding and winning on Sam. What we do during these lives truly is just a drop in the bucket, as you could imagine. If you are looking for more of a step-by-step -step proven process to follow with weekly coaching to make sure you're doing it right, we've already referred to it a couple of times today, but you may be the next perfect fit for our bid team, hence the t-shirt. Um, you can learn more and apply to book a call at govkidmethod.com if you're looking for that for your, your new year, guys. Um, awesome questions, guys. Hopefully you got some value out of this. We're going to keep these rolling into the new year. Um, we go live every single week. Uh, what days and how often kind of depends, but that way make sure you're subscribed. That way you don't miss the next live and you can bring your questions then. So thanks for hanging out with us. I think we'll go ahead and call it, guys. Hope you have a great start to your new year, and we will see you all in the very next uh, Sam Deck of Bids live episode. Bye, everybody. Take care.